0: What's up guys, Mike Lewis here, and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at MikeLewisOfficial and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLewis52, it's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe. And without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. All right, Marie. Thanks for coming on today. How are we doing?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm hanging in there. This is a long time coming, this I was
1: You just stole the words right out of my mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, all your fans are now my fans, and then, like,
1: uh, Those you know, are great fans to have, so...
0: Well, you got a lot of them, you know. <laughs> Believe it or not. That's why I
1: always, like... I feel it's crazy to me because like that's why I feel like I avoided this like the first time that we had set this up because I'm like who the fuck wants to hear from me you know but I, I mean I guess I'm flattered
0: <laughs> yeah from, from just speaking to someone like you right now like you know you're just like you know you live like a normal life you know what I mean like you know Jersey New York area says like a normal human being yeah but ever like are you ever like alone sometimes and it feels weird just knowing that like a bunch of people are, like, constantly, like, monitoring, like, what you're doing on your day-to-day?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I get and, like, especially as someone who's, like, super insecure, like, I'm, like, the queen of post and delete, like, I post a picture, and then I'll stare at it, you know, and, like, one mean comment and I'll take it down, so, yeah, it, it's pretty wild, I, like, honestly, the fans and the following that I've had have allowed me to be, like, super successful in real life, because, believe it or not, social media goes a long way these days, um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for everyone and whoever's listening out there that loves me. I love you back. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're all over the place now. I mean, I'm sure if you saw my Anthony video, we joked about Netflix and his already the one season. Final Reckoning just finally got put on Hulu for the first time.
1: Did it really?
0: Yeah, like in February. But, yeah, it's on there.
1: Uh, my my claim to fame my final <laughs> reckoning
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though if, I, if I'm making a hot take right now I think that Vendetta's is, is you know criminally slept on when it comes to the trilogy seasons that's just my take but
1: was, was that the one with the uh, redemption house
0: That was 3030
1: Oh, oh Vendetta's oh
0: the middle one
1: middle one that's, I mean these things blur together but Honestly, uh, like, the, I, I I enjoyed it. I think that, like, that era of Challengers was just so, like, fun. It was, like, before everything got really crazy and, like, kind of locked down, where people can still kind of be themselves. Yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I wouldn't want to call – because there was, like, UK people and, like, Big Brother people that just got brought in. But, like, in a way, it's, like, the last, like, OG type of run, you know what I mean? Like, now it's, like, completely – evolved into like this just big jumble of you know shows and whatnot but i think like that was like the last uh you know nostalgic type of era of you know seasons my opinion yeah i agree with that do you watch when you're not on that was a big focal point people want to know
1: i mean i don't watch tv that much in general um but when i do watch like yeah i'll catch up with things when i can for sure
0: right so you would happen to know that amanda's returning then
1: I do know Amanda was returning. I do know everyone's super excited about that. I think I think it's awesome, honestly. I think that like there's always this stigma against women coming back when they're mothers and stuff like that, and to have like these powerful girls that like aren't afraid to speak their minds and kind of like cause chaos. It's just it's a good thing in general for you know this the challenge.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you kind of brought that up too because I found it kind of weird how like every time a dad returns or is he competing for his kid, everyone's like, "Oh, this is so like cool," and then uh, and then a mom shows up and everyone's like, "Why isn't she home with her kids? Like, why is she taking off like so long?" It's like is,
1: uh, isn't that the way of the world, Mike? Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think everybody would think like us, huh? Yeah,
1: whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to ask though, you know, just bouncing off to the real world a little bit. What why would they send you to a location like St. Thomas because I went and rewatched that season. I mean, actually to be completely honest, I've spoken with most people from your season um, and they all had like pretty much the same, you know, response when it comes to that is like that location pretty much uh, you guys were what? You were stuck on an island pretty much. You had to uh, pay the boat to navigate everywhere. Was yeah, that- yeah.
1: It, it was it was pretty crazy, and I, don't, I mean, I think that they learned their lesson from that, not that the real world lasted that long afterwards, but I, I was kind of grateful, because I was like, thank God I wasn't, like, in a Vegas type of city, because where I was at that age trying to drink and stuff, it kind of, like, tamed me in a sense, like, versus if I was, like, out getting bottles somewhere, but it, it was definitely an odd season. I remember when, like, I first, when they first told us where we were going, I was like, St. Thomas, like really st thomas
0: (laughs) so whatever i don't know though had you been on the spot and they're like where do you want to go i feel like you would have said vegas
1: a hundred (laughs) percent it was it was divine intervention happening
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh how many times did you guys go out though like to like you know clubs and stuff was it that often because it didn't seem like a ton of times
1: I mean, most of my cast didn't like to party, which I was like, where the hell am I? You know, like if I go on vacation, I'm drinking cocktails at like 9 a.m. Like that's who I am as a person. You know, that's what I expected the real world to be. But the other thing was, is that um, we had an earlier curfew than other seasons. So like we would go out and we'd have to come back to the house around maybe midnight because I mean, I know that this is the case for other seasons as well, but theirs is typically a little bit later when, like, the crowd starts getting, like, kind of really drunk and, like, you know, the the lights are on and everyone's kind of, like, trying to jump in and cause a scene. So we had it going early. The boat thing was horrendous. You know, like, rain or shine, that's how you have to take to, like, get off the island. So it was definitely an experience.
0: That's interesting because, actually the the New Orleans season, which I believe was maybe two seasons before you guys, something around those lines. Yeah, they um, two or three seasons. Um, they actually had the same curfew as you guys, which is kind of nuts. I I kept saying to them, it was like really unrealistic to imagine a bunch of uh, late teen, early twenty year old kids coming yeah. home at twelve a.m. in New Orleans. Things don't get popping off there until like two.
1: Yeah, and then, like, if, you know, if you had one of our, one of my castmates, like, going to church or doing something that's, like, civil <laughs> and domestic, <laughs> like, none of us, none, like, the rest of us couldn't leave the house because the boat was gone. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Do you think that having you guys kind of, like, sheltered in in an environment like that is what led to, like, most of the, the dissension between you guys? Because it seemed like... um I mean, they're kind of clicked up now. Do you feel like you're on the outskirts with, like, your castmate?
1: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I've always been on the outskirts with them, man. Um, it's really interesting because a lot of the drama that happened on the show didn't even get aired. Yeah. So, um, th- I mean, the environment definitely played a part in it because we're kind of just, like, trapped there the whole time. There wasn't really much to do. There's only, like, two or three spots that we can, like, regularly go to. Other than that, nothing much. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm still close with Toya. That's my girl for life. I'll always be her friend. Rob's married, so I don't really talk to him. Um, but you know, when the group chat goes off, I'm always answering. And I mean, I have love for all of them now. But it was definitely, I was definitely like an outcast there. So,
0: yeah, I had Latoya on a while back. That was a <laughs> he's
1: <laughs> wild. He's wild
0: to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny that, um, (laughs) Rob's been on here too, I asked him if Marie got invited to the wedding.
1: (laughs) Nope, didn't get invited.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'd say that his is a little reasonable, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of like, you know, something that's reasonable, but something like, um, I mean, I don't know what your dynamic is with like, you know, Trey and Swift and those people, but...
1: Yeah, we're we're all good now, but um, definitely during filming and after it, um, (laughs) I was definitely an outcast, so...
0: Was there any moments that you just mentioned about, like, you know, obviously on air that, like, stick out in your mind right now you could recall, or is the memory a little foggy? Um,
1: so there was one day that Swift's friends were there, and we were taking a boat ride home, and I was <laughs> three sheets to the wind, like, black dog. And apparently I tried to, like, push him off the boat. Not, like, really push him, but, like, fuck with him kind of push him, you know? And he, when I tell you, like... He was talking to producers and all this stuff, like how he wanted me to get kicked off. You know, I went up to him that morning and I asked him. You know, well, I apologized. I was like, I don't really remember it happening, but I should never like do something like that. Yada yada yada. And they actually had a therapist come to the, <laughs> come to the
0: house. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, and we all sat in a circle, and I swear to God, it was like a Marie roast. Like everyone was just like, and she does it, and I'm like, da, 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 da. and then like the the producers were like, all right, Marie, well, you know. You either have to stop drinking or you have to go home. And I was like, I'll pack my bags right now. He's was like, I'll leave. <laughs> what am I going to do if I can't stay here and drink? Like, then I'll really be miserable. Um, so once I kind of, like, put my foot down with that, they never really went through with it. But
0: <laughs> Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, I was going to bring that up about the boat. That's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was playful. But honestly, I think Swift is hilarious. He's someone that, like... When you get to know, you have to really appreciate him as a human, and he's a a good guy.
0: He's another North Jersey boy, so. The
1: the majority of my cast was East Coast. Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: Laura was the only one that was kind of, like, not from our... Yeah. Uh, Everyone else was East Coast. It was, like, Jersey, Philly, uh, Maryland, uh, North Carolina. Like, nobody from the other side, so.
0: I think... During, like, that, like, little nucleus where you took off shows in your first stint, I'm pretty sure that they wanted you and Trey for Rivals 3. That's what the rumor mill was.
1: I am pretty sure that they wanted me and Sam.
0: Well, that would have been Rivals 2. Rival,
1: but, so, Rivals 2?
0: Yeah. Was that right
1: after my season?
0: That was the season right after Seasons, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was, I was supposed to be with... So when I had gotten off uh, my real world... And so when we were filming the when we were filming the challenge, our real world was airing. So I got home maybe like almost towards the end of our season. I came home to all of like the trolls and all the nastiness. And for me, it was just kind of like, you know, I'm not a reality star. I'm just a star, you know, like I I don't need the hate. I didn't have a job at that time. So it was like before I kind of like, you know, jump into this reality TV world, I want to have an actual career um it's just who I am as a person and you know I, I like to think that I have a lot more to offer than just being a, a psychopath on reality television <laughs> um so yeah so after ballast seasons I ignore their calls well they called me every season for about six years and then of course I f- came back to invasion and, and that was terrible for me so it wasn't really uh the best comeback you know
0: was it you or Rob that declined X's too? Because I definitely think that they tried for that.
1: I, I it was it was probably me at that point. Yeah. I had said no to them all the way up until bloodlines where I said yes. Um and I was supposed to go with my youngest sister who's an absolute like athlete. Like this girl is just stacked. And, you know, I, I was still very much like in this business type like world and I ended up kind of getting cold feet and I backed out. So never forgive me for it, but that would have been a fun season to be so, on.
0: So, so the original Bloodlines, you were slated to be on. You backed out.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, because the um, the Stack sisters were telling me that <laughs> that Vendetta's before that was supposed to be a Bloodlines two. So they were supposed to have a second Bloodlines, and then you both ended up, you know, well actually you remained on the cast, but you know your cousin was dropped, and then the Stack sisters obviously got cut. Yeah. Yeah. When the format changed,
1: yeah, I, I really wish I was on. That just seemed like an overall like fun season to be on.
0: What, what uh, season?
1: Yeah, it did yeah. honestly. It looked like a lot of fun. I would have started a lot of shit on that season. For I'm mean, like also like I was also worried that like I knew how I was coming off these shows and how I took kind of like the criticisms and stuff from all of these people, and me and my sister are just completely different people. You know, and I, and I wasn't sure that she'd be able to handle that, and I also wasn't sure that, like, if someone ever said something about my little sister in that house, I would have completely lost my mind. <laughs> like, and yeah. like, I was, I was just hoping that if and when I did come back to TV, like, I, I came back with like, so, you know, like a, a, a like a mature air about me, and I, I wasn't sure that that was going to be the season to do it. So,
0: it's like amplified when it's someone that's actually like. An important part of your life is the one on the end of. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm I'm always that person that like you could say whatever you want to me, and like I'm kind of unaffected. But you say something about my family or my friends, and like I'll go harder than like I'd ever go for myself. So it was kind of a predicament. Uh, Looking back and like the situation with my work and stuff, I wish I would have done it uh, because I ended up leaving the company I was at anyway. But what are you gonna do, right? So.
0: Yeah, you live and you learn. Yeah. Was the appearance scene for you popping after your real world season? Like how many did you, of those did you get to go on?
1: I don't, I'm i not even sure if anybody watched St. Thomas. <laughs> like, I was so pumped. I was like, I'm going to get paid to go to bars. Like that was not the case. Uh, it, it's definitely, um, you know, a different situation with reality TV. In fact, I, after I got off the show, I deleted all of my social media accounts, uh, my Twitter, my Instagram. So like what I have now is, what I had before. In fact, if you go on Instagram and you look up Marie MTV, like somebody stole my handle. Like <laughs> they took it away from me. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <Get out. laughs> no, um, this is funny. Cause Trey, I don't know if you, you ever heard from him or not, but one of the appearances they had him going on was like super weird and like janky. And I could like relate because I've actually been to the place. It's yeah. like, they had him go into an under-21 club, right? So, like, all the girls there were obviously, like, you know, young. All the guys there, everyone's young, you know? And they wanted him to, like, judge a tour contest with a bunch of, like, 16-year-old girls. It was, like, the weirdest thing. And then he <laughs> ended up, he ended up, like, leaving early or something like that and, like, getting into a fight with, like, the manager of the place.
1: I think I got, like, one one or two of, like, those types of events. And one of them was, like, upstate New York... I brought two of my girlfriends with me, and when I tell you, literally nobody showed. I felt so bad because I, like, was like, you know, sorry, guys, but, like, you're still paying me kind of thing. (laughs) Like, there was nobody there.
0: Yeah. So that'll be a good segue into this next topic then because we talked about, obviously, like, taking breaks with social media and whatnot. You know, you're obviously not – there's no – well, there's a lack of presence, rather, of yourself on Twitter. What – is that maybe a stem of, like, you know – Obviously, you mentioned about fans, what they might say, just, like, negative vibes. Like, what is, like, the real stem of you uh, having maybe a lack of presence on Twitter at the moment?
1: So, I no longer have my Twitter. If I was to sign in today, I wouldn't be able to get my blue check mark back. I'd probably have to have a new name. Um, And for me, it was just about, listen, like, there's a saying where, you know, don't put anything in writing. You know, I think that a lot of these potential or future castmates can learn something from that where, you know, you you have one mood swing or you feel a certain type of way and you put it in writing, you know, that stuff comes back to haunt you. Twitter is it's not an asset to me. It doesn't make me money. It only honestly it aggravates me. And the more that you the more that you speak up and you use Twitter, the more that you open yourself up to trolls and that kind of stuff. And again, like I'm just I'm a normal human being, like, I I get very, very insecure, and I also, like, I don't like to, I don't want people to think that I'm not who I am, like, I'm humble, I'm a nice person, and there's been times where, like, I have looked back on my own things that I've said, and I'm just like, who am I? Like, that's that's corny, you know? So I deleted my Twitter, I'm not there anymore, I still check in here and there with a little secret uh, Twitter, but outside of that, uh, yeah, I like to keep to myself now. I think it's a better look for me.
0: No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, if I was, um, you know, obviously my current situation kind of calls for it, of course, but I totally get where you're coming from. I actually deactivate my time to time. Um,
1: <laughs> it's good for the soul.
0: Yeah, good for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like maybe you, do you lose yourself in a way is what you're trying to say? Like through Twitter, like you don't recognize yourself when you're tweeting?
1: Yeah, and you know, the more that you feed these trolls and like you answer these people, you, you not only lose yourself... You lose your time. You know, you're focused on things that really don't matter. And in the grand scheme of things, like, nobody cares. Like, this is what people have to start getting through their head. Like, nobody cares. They're not thinking about me today or tomorrow or the next day. And people could be really cruel. And it's just, like, I'm not that person, you know. I'm not someone that, like, just needs to bash people. And, listen, I've done my fair share of bashing. So I apologize to all those who, like, caught it while it was hot, you know. But, like, I it, it just it it doesn't. It, it's kind of it stifled me in a way of like growing up.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. I, uh, Twitter is, and I told you this before the recording. It's like the hot spot for impulsive.
1: Yeah. Disc- yeah, and then I would look back on my Twitter and I'd be like, why the fuck am I tweeting every two minutes? Like, way to let people know that I'm not doing shit in my life. Like, you know, like, that's when I knew that, like, I was just not in a good place where, like, I'm constantly tweeting and I'm constantly looking at things. Like, if I wanted to grow up and be successful and do the things that I, you know, I'm hoping to do now, it's like I don't need to be voicing my opinions about things that don't matter.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how different was jumping back into your second stint from your first one? Like, obviously there was still like a lot of people you remembered from shows, but um, how like different was it Maybe for you mentally and both like, you know, being in that environment? Well,
1: this is something that I wanted to speak about on some sort of public forum for a minute. So I'm going to kind of like move a little bit further oh, cool. um, and then come back around here. So a- about almost a year ago, um, I ended up in the hospital in West Palm Beach. And what had happened was, it's a really crazy story, but basically with divine intervention, I ended up in the hospital. And if anyone out there is listening that is like in, you know, the medical field or whatever, I had a level, um, my calcium level was at 18. Um, and after being in the hospital for two weeks during COVID, I found out that I had something called hyperparathyroidism my entire adult life, basically. So with hyperparathyroidism, it's something on your thyroid, it's like a tumor, right? And what it does is it pumps out this calcium into your body at excessive rates. So, what you know, calcium is good for your body unless it's like that. And what it does is it breaks down it breaks down your bone, it breaks down your organs, it breaks down your mind. You know, and it's it's funny to me because going back to your question, when I came back to the show, a lot of people kept saying, you know, she's not who she used to be. And, you know, all of this other stuff. And to me personally, I I didn't feel like that either, because I was looking at girls who were half my size. And I come from like, you know, an athletic family, I'm a bigger girl, quote, unquote, you know, so for me to sit there and see these girls who are half my size, you know, beat me in these physical competitions, I was like, what is going on? So, you know, looking back, when we do these shows, we don't get health insurance, so I never, you know, was going for my blood checks and all this other stuff. So I, I was really hoping that if and when the time comes for me to go back, you know, on screen or, you know, have the opportunity to, that I want to bring light to that. There, there's so many things that you don't know what's going on in your body that, like, you might just assume is, like, you being crazy. Like, the symptoms of hyperparathyroidism is, like, weak, moody, you know, like, bitchy. I thought that was just me being me. You know, but meanwhile, like if I didn't end up in the hospital when I was supposed to, I was, the doctors told me that I was about like two weeks away from dying. So really? yeah, like I, legitimate, I'm not just saying this to like, you know, get clout or whatever. Hyperparathyroidism is something that, um, if diagnosed early enough is very easy to contain. But at that point I had been living with this for so long without, you know, doing my medical checks and stuff that my kidneys were about to fail. So, looking back on the show, I was 100% not the same person, because obviously I was unwell. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely, like, a fire missing from me when I came back, I think, that people were, like, expecting to see, especially after my Battle this the Seasons debut. Uh, and I just I, I just didn't have it there. I was also very weary about how, you know, what I would do on the show might reflect my actual outside life. So yeah
0: so you said that was a year ago you you said,
1: yeah, so I have not I haven't been on any show like in good health since Battle of the Seasons.
0: Wow, so was there like a particular event that took place that had you go to the hospital?
1: All right, fine, twist my arm, Mike <laughs> um so um this is actually this is a really crazy story, so. The majority of my adult life, you know, when I was in sales and stuff, I was taking Adderall. The pandemic hit. I actually, you know, I was, it was during COVID. I was actually quarantining out with Nani, like out in Florida. Wow. And I stopped taking Adderall because I was like, well, what, it's not like I'm working, you know, what do I have to do? Right. So I stopped taking Adderall and I just became super, super lethargic. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was, I was super skinny. Um, And my sister called me up one day, and when I tell you, like, we went from having a normal conversation to me, like, absolutely losing my mind and, like, breaking down. So she flew out to Florida to literally pack my bags for me and bring me home. So she brings me back to New York, you know, and now, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a super supportive family where, you know, we're discussing, like, what could possibly be wrong with me? You know, like, what is going on? Um, So we came to the conclusion that it must be withdrawal, right? I must be going through Adderall withdrawal. So... I made a decision that, you know, it was COVID, I can kind of be like off, you know, off the radar, that I was going to check myself into rehab. So when I first was looking into rehabs, it was going to cost me about $30,000 for a month for like the full month. And like, here I am, like sitting there, like $30,000, like my parents were ready to like do whatever they had to do to get me there. But I'm like, for an Adderall, like that doesn't, it's not like, you know, the people that are going into these clinics usually have much bigger problems than that. Um... But I ended up finding an insurance plan that my dad had made me get when I lost my job in Florida due to COVID. And I found it like under my seat one day, like while I was going through this process and I called them up and I had literally three days to reinstate this insurance for like $68 and it went from $30,000 to $1,500. Wow. So for me, I, I was like, this is a sign, like I got to go, you know? So, you know, I put my ego aside for once, thank God. You know, I was on the next flight to West Palm Beach and I'm I'm like it was straight out of a fucking movie. Like my roommate's name was Hope. I had a little like rehab boyfriend. Right. So I'm there for about 22 hours and the nurse had taken my blood and they called me into the nurse's office. And they were just like, hey, like we need to send you to the hospital. You know, and I was like, you know, why? Like I felt I still at that point was very much like losing my mind. But still, like, you're not really sure what's going on there. Um, and that's, that's kind of how everything transpired. So like, uh, you know, I think it's really important for people to know that, like, I didn't know that I had hyperparathyroidism. you know, like I didn't realize that it was something that was like inside of me and stuff like that, but I still made the decision to seek help. And I think that's super important for people to hear, like, it's okay to not be okay. Like there's so many different things that are going on in your body that you might not be aware of. And there's such a stigma against this mental health thing. Like, it's funny because I feel like I got a get out of jail free card, you know, like where in in any other situation, my parents would have been, you know, probably a little bit, you know, this is sad to say, but probably a little embarrassed that they had to tell their friends and family that like I went to rehab, you know, yeah. but I actually ended up being sick and it, and it had nothing to do with the Adderall or anything like that. And it's funny. It's because, you know. Some of the one of the symptoms of hyperparathyroidism is lack of attention. So I was like self diagnosing myself, you know, my entire adulthood. But yeah, I think that's a really important message to get out there. Like I didn't know it, I put my ego away and like you never know what's going on in, in your body. So it's
0: kind of no, it. I, I really appreciate you sharing that story because I think that it's kind of important for someone like you to, you know, come forward and like speak the way you are right now because Oftentimes, we see maybe fans of the show, or you know, they see what they would consider larger than life personalities and think like they're just like they've got like a coat of armor. You know what I mean? Like yep. negativity doesn't affect them. You know, like internal stuff doesn't affect them. And yep. I think for someone in like your shoes to come forward the way you are now is like really big and important. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did that. So good yep. on you.
1: Thank well, yeah. Thank God because I was about two weeks away from dying. But uh, yeah. You just have you have to listen to your body, you know. Like, don't be afraid to to get help. You know, there's you never know what's going on. You know, maybe you do have some kind of disease like I did, or maybe you don't. But like, if you're putting your like that, that's always what they said. Like, what you know, when I got there, it's like you know the the fir- the biggest step is putting yourself out there to to find out. So there's options out there for people, and like, don't ever be afraid to like. Think that something might be wrong with you. Like I was, I was literally losing my mind, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And for so long, I thought I was just depressed. Yeah, you know, and and like the second that I got this, so I had to have emergency surgery. Like they couldn't even transport me to Miami, which I'm sure you know is about an hour from West Palm Beach. Yeah, you know, like that's how bad it was that they could not get my calcium down. Like it had to come out that second, and. It's just like, it's really wild how life works out. And the second that they took it out of, you know, my throat, I have like this little scar here now, like my entire, like my face changed, like just everything has like changed for me. And I just, I think it's such an important like thing. And, you know, I get kind of weird about like sharing this story because obviously people are, I'm sure people are going to say shit about this too, but you know, at the end of the day, like I'm here, I'm alive, I'm healthy. And I'm just I'm happy to be able to kind of speak about it and hopefully help somebody else.
0: Yeah, you picked a good place to share it on. Well, I mean,
1: you're the man, Mike Lewis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now let me ask you because this is the term "edit" gets thrown around very loosely. I'll say that right. Mm-hmm. You know, people if they're saying something on screen, like whether or not they want to admit it, like they said it, but. Obviously, chronological order is a very big thing in reality TV. Portrayal is a very big thing. The narratives, you know, obviously a big thing. Were there any moments that like stick out to you in your mind where you're just like you saw it and you just thought to yourself, "Huh, like that really kind of is not how I remembered it."
1: <laughs> how long do you got, Mike?
0: of uh- <laughs> hey, well, course. So
1: there's there's a couple. Um, so one of them was the pizza incident, the really popular pizza incident, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the story behind that is that I took a box of pizza, I put it in my room, and I saved it for my roommates, okay? Then I, then I came back in, I started eating pizza again, and that's when Brad was getting all crazy, and I was like, this guy's nuts, like, I'm just saving pizza for my friends. You know, the, you're eating, like, a whole pie over there, sir. So, you know, I put it aside, and then he, 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 like, flipped out about it to the point where I was like, all right, you know what, this isn't even worth it. So I actually went back and I returned the pizza right before all the other stuff went down. So, like, I was kind of upset how that was portrayed. Um, The next one was I was in an elimination against Tori. And we were blindfolded in these, like, whatever. And granted, she beat me. Don't get me wrong. But I put up a fight. So much so that I, like, gathered my family and friends around. Because I was like, finally, they're going to show me, like, look a little bit like a badass like I used to be, you know? And like, I'm watching with my family and like totally expecting to lose, but like they played it like one, two, three, like done. And like yeah. for me, that was like unfortunate. And then lastly, I would say, um, I think it was Vendetta's, um, right after Tony had won that like mayo eating thing. Is that Vendetta's? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the way it went was that if you won the challenge, the daily challenge that following challenge you were in charge of the teams so it was an underwater challenge and i came up with the idea because it was a guy's elimination to make these teams in a certain way that basically solidified like who was going to win and who was going to lose and i put myself on a team with it was like me cam kaylee nelson and brad right cam kaylee nelson can't swim Right. And if I'm on this team, I'm just going to throw it anyway. And then they never showed that. And I feel like, you know, it would have given a little bit more credit to like what I do behind the scenes often that like never kind of gets shown. But like to your point, you they can only play what you give them. Right. And I always said to myself, if I ever went back on TV, I would try to be a little bit less self-deprecating because it's just who I am as a person. But when you're feeding that to them all the time. It's very easy for them to make you look like a weak player and like you don't care.
0: Right. Um, It kind of seemed like the way they wanted to portray you was sort of like... Because, I mean, you did make, you know, self-deprecating jokes, so that played into it. Um, It kind of wanted... Like, for me, the vibe seemed like they wanted to make you out to be kind of like the... I'm more focused on partying, you know, competitions, whatever type of yeah. character, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely was there to party. Like, <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm also, like, I'm a realist. Like, I know at the end of the day, like, am I going to win a million dollars over Akara or over any of these people who their lives are literally dedicated to working out? No, I'm not going to. You know, oh, that's another thing, the basket situation. Yeah. The basket situation. So... I, um, you know, I had come to the conclusion that I'm not going to win this thing, right? There's no way I'm going to win this. And right before that, I had literally just fought with the entire house. Another thing that they didn't show, you know, cause I was just calling people out. I'm like, what's your problem with me? Like going around the table. So I knew that like, no matter what happened, my time was coming, you know? So I made the agreement with Kayla that, you know, she had a, a way better chance at getting to the final and potentially winning, you know, and, and if she made anywhere, like cut me off some money or something like that. But like I threw that challenge too. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned for myself if I was to ever go back. Or even the people that are going on, you know, you have to be very conscious of what they can do with your edit and what you're giving them. Um, And, you know, if I ever did get the opportunity to go back, I think that I would make sure to let people know, like, I'm here to play too. You know, Big T, like, I love her. I think she is phenomenal TV. I think she is gold, absolute gold. But at the end of the day, like... You know, she seemed like a better competitor than I ever did just because of the fire and, you know, her her confidence, which is something that, like, I lacked for, I mean, a multitude of reasons at this point. But, you know, it just goes to show, like, that's it really comes down to what you're giving them.
0: Yeah, that that elimination with Tori is the one that, like, kind of stuck out when it comes to the edit, because I think you could, like, clearly see, like, some patches of hers were, like, removed. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I was I was really amped about it cuz like I when I tell you like I thought my ass was going to be like I thought I was going to be destroyed on that thing. So if like for me to come out of it and like, you know, lose by like one patch or whatever it was, like I was I was like I felt good about that, you know? Yeah. But, nah, no, nah, no. Nah.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you, though, because she's been under the microscope a little bit. What is, like, your personal dynamic with Tori? Like, because why do you well, – like? Well, actually, I could ask you kind of like a jumble of questions. What was your personal dynamic with her, and why do you feel like now all of a sudden she's uh, maybe garnering some more hate than she did before?
1: Tori – so she's never – you know, she's never been rude to me. She's always been nice to me. I think she's a nice girl. I think that she's very smart, something that I've lacked in – how she portrays herself and being weary of what's going on. And I think that that will make other competitors and eventually viewers kind of like see through that, you know, like what's really happening kind of shit. Um, yeah. I think that, it, you know, because people are starting to see through that facade or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think I'm excited to see her, what she's going to do on this challenge. Cause I think that, you know, it's kind of like guards are down now, like just be your true self. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily have anything to say say about her other than like the same thing that the fans are saying like you're just like how can somebody always be on like 100% like that you know like she has to have her bad days so
0: we'll see yeah for sure so going into final reckoning you had to have assumed that like brad was going to be with you right like partners because i figured it'd be a shoe and i'm like oh marie and brad 100 i don't
1: know i had a couple of people to choose from i feel like (laughs) I just remember, like, I remember when I found out, like, so, you know, in that opening scene where, like, everyone's, like, screaming, like, let me out, like, whatever, like, whatever. I was chilling in that, like, coffin. Like, I gave a new meeting to Resting in Peace because I was like, Cara's my partner. I'm getting out of here. Like, this is going to be epic. So, like, I was super excited to get Cara. Um, Brad definitely could have been my vendetta as well. But um, things worked out pretty okay, so...
0: What, what led you to believe that Cara was, like, going to be your partner? Did, did you have any clue beforehand? Like, how did that...
1: I I really didn't. It just came... To, I thought it was either going to be, like, me or Kayla. You know? So, I just... I, it's funny, though, because, like, if you actually watch Vendettas, um, when I go out versus Kayla, you'll see that Cara was actually more, like, excited to see me leave versus Kayla. Like, I'm... I'm very, good, I'm very good at getting people, like, under people's skin. So <laughs> probably because they can't really fire back at me because I literally don't care, you know. But, like, I'll hit you where it hurts. Um, so I was excited to get Cara. You know, I, I also knew that like, going into that and having Cara as a partner because I got so much hate from her following. You know, I was like, no matter what I do on this show, like, it's always going to be my fault. So I think that, like, kind of made me weary going into it. Car didn't talk to me for like two weeks when we started filming. Like legit, would not even talk to me. And uh, yeah, eventually I kind of broke her down with my charisma. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: it was it was a
1: it was a crazy experience.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that you know, seeing as how it played out, I think you know, it was a blessing in disguise that we got you and Car. I definitely think you know, maybe going into the fact, a lot of people would have assume that it would have been Kayla and Carr and then you and Brad, you yeah, know, based off sure. just like the stories and how they played out. But I got to say, you know, seeing as how it played out, I think like one of at least my favorite and just a lot of the people that watch favorite dynamics that they yeah. watched was definitely yours and Car's, you know, relationship and how it played out. How did Do you feel like you got to know her more through that experience? Yeah,
1: I mean, for sure. I think that all of us that do these shows, especially when you're, you know, at the top, right? When you're at the top, you have to expect that everyone's going to come for you. Like, just bottom line, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, Cara got her fair share of hate, like, when she was, like, you know, coming up through these shows. Whether it was from other cast members or people just kind of, like, you know, shitting on her. And, like, I I think I said this before, where it's, like, when I came into Final Reckoning, like, I was at the bottom. Like, it was only up from here. You know, where, like, she had, you know, she had this this person and this persona to uphold about, like, being the strong competitor. But I think throughout the season, um, I kind of, when she started warming up to me, it, it brought back a Kara that I think people were forgetting for a while, you know, that kind of humanized her and, like, brought her back down to, you know, humble Kara.
0: Yeah. Did, did you ever joke with her about how you uh, flipped her in the Battle of the Seasons oil wrestle? <laughs> no.
1: No, but I'll I'll make sure to do that this week. And I think I'm seeing her.
0: <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You? Yeah. Because I thought you, it seemed like you two were in a pretty good place right now.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I like to think that I'm in a pretty good place with everybody. I'm someone that gets over things really quickly. It's when that's why, I like the Twitter shit. Like it's it's when that the stuff keeps coming back at you and you, back at you, and you feel like you kind of have to like defend yourself, you know, from all these people. That that's where a lot of things get lost in translation. So. She seems like she's good. I think that she deserves more than anybody else to be on these shows. I think it's kind of fucked up that she's not. Yeah. Um, but I also think that you know production and the powers that be also have like particular feelings about her and Pauly. You know, and I always say to her, I'm like, you know, I think that you might have to separate yourself and like, it, like if one of you were to get on, like you'd have to do that. And I don't think that you know she's in that place. And I mean, nor should she be, right? Like she gave so much to the show that. She deserves to be on it, regardless.
0: So, I mean, for God's sake, she's the face of the Paramount Plus. Logo. Right? Like,
1: come on! It's a, it's, it's actually, it's pretty sad, honestly. I, I feel like it's weird, though. I feel like this always happens with these female winners, right? Like,
0: something's fishy. Yeah,
1: but also, like, it's, it's just again, it's like it's America, you know? Like the same way that mothers get shit and all this other stuff, like. Yeah. We women, like, when we go on these shows, we just, we get the brunt of things, you know? You've never seen, like, a troll coming at any of the guys talking about their looks or, you know, all of this other stuff, and this is something that people have to deal with every single day, and it's fucked up, and I think that it's important that, like, moving forward, all of these, you know, reality personalities or whatever, you know, are really mindful about what they say about each other because it, it opens up a door that, like, should not be open,
0: Yeah. and
1: if you're the person doing it, like, it's going to be open, so...
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, like, it's something that bothers me because, you know, I mean, I think we talked about it, or we might have talked about it in the beginning, but um, we see, and this is no slight to any dads that compete on the show, like, good for you guys, like, kill it, um, yeah. but, but you know, with someone like, I'll use Teresa as an example, she just came back uh, on the last season, Double Agents, like, they were calling her, like, Toxic tea and stuff like that for literally playing the game, like, I don't know what I missed, but are we not supposed to make power moves? Like this is what we came up on and you're yeah. going to So.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that outside of like most reality shows, like the challenge is it, it's not scripted at all. You know, they can take whatever they want and put it wherever they have it. But, you know, compared to these other shows, it's really easy for these people to kind of like brush off haters and like whatever is happening because it's like, "All right, well, they told me to say that." You know what I'm saying? Versus a show that like this is like who you are as a human being. So.
0: Yeah. And I think like one of the biggest moments, well, not moments, just like instances, was the final of Final Reckoning, which obviously you know. A <laughs> little clip that you posted surfaced a while back. Um, one, how did you get a hold of that? Is my question. But
1: uh, um, so I was doing the uh, I was doing the recaps at the time. Okay. So I had like I had like a lot of the stuff that they were sending us. Um, didn't necessarily make, no, act. no, that's not true. Um, that's what they showed us when, so right before you go out and you film the reunion, they'll they kind of give you like a mashup of what happens until the end. So you can speak about it and yeah. that's what they showed, but you know, what they show us there and also like before the cutting room floor isn't necessarily what actually makes it the end. You know, they also didn't show that I, like I told you, I was, I was ill, you know, I had this disease going on that my bones were breaking really easily and, and right the, elimination with, um, between Johnny and like Natalie and them, um, I went out to use the porta potty and then ended up like falling out of it. I don't know how I did that, but regardless, I sprained my ankle and they didn't show it once. Like my ankle was like the size of a, of a football and not once did they show it when I was running through it. They just, you know, again, like kind of jumped on the fact that I'm a quitter and stuff like that. Like even at the eating part, I remember eating shit and, like, saying in my interviews, like, everyone says, like, I don't have any heart, but here's fucking six chicken hearts in my fucking mouth. Like, go fuck yourself kind of shit, you know? And, like, none of that was shown. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was, like, a lot from that. I was, like, had they shown that clip that you put up there, I'm, like, one, it would have provided us with a lot more <laughs> substance as to, like, you know, what was going on. And... Um, you know, too. I was like, wow, I didn't know Joss had that much personality. No, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, like, they cut out a lot of, like, when me and Cara got drunk and, like, started fighting with everybody. They cut out so much. Like, I was saying some absurd shit. I was like, oh, there's a lot of lions, tigers, and cheetahs in here, like, yelling at Paul. Yeah. And, like, there was so much shit going on. And, like, it, it was just... It was wild, like the fact that there was wine there. The I remember like this tweet that uh, the Challenge MTV put out, where it was like, if Marie knew there was wine in the final, she would have made it like five years ago, and like one thousand percent true. Like would have been there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so let me play devil's advocate a little bit here. Do you believe or buy into the theory at all that Joss and Sylvia potentially won that final?
1: I so. I mean, it had to be, it had to be super, super, super close. Like it had to be, um, we knew that going into it. In fact, like there was parts that they didn't show. Like that's another reason where like me and there was a whole puzzle part where like, you think that me and the puzzle queen would have like knocked out of the park, but like, we were literally the last people to finish it. In fact, we like, we ran out of time. Right. So between that and then the eating and all this stuff, we had absolutely no shot of winning. Right. But I think that like, people kind of got nervous. Well, they, we definitely got nervous when, you know, Paulie and Natalie kind of came back. But at the same time, we also knew that like, there was about 15 minutes in the beginning, but again, it it is, it is TV. So like, I can't a hundred percent say, but I can say that like, it was definitely, definitely super close.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. And you obviously, your last appearance on TV was X on the beach. I'm curious about your experience in the vibe because, you know, obviously spoke with Anthony, uh, last week, and um, he definitely suggested that the vibe was definitely a lot more superficial, maybe, than other MTV shows that he's been on. Would you say that the vibes were a lot more uh, different on X on the Beach than, say, like, your not know, your challenge season or real world type season?
1: I mean, the real world and the challenge, I mean, it was just, you're also there for three months, right? Well, I mean, the real world is three months and the challenge is many, many weeks. And there's so many different people there that they have more than enough content, right? But with X on the Beach, we only filmed for four weeks. So there was a lot of situations where they would be like, all right, can you guys come film this scene kind of thing? Where just really made a, just an awkward situation in general, because, you know, I'm not really an actress, you know, whatever. Um, and that's where I think a lot of, like, the grief came between me and Devin, because, you know, we'd sit there, and, like, he would go off on this, like, one thing, and I'd be like, wait, wait a second, like, turn out, like, I thought we were friends, like, <laughs> like, all this other shit, um, but, yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely a whole different experience.
0: Yeah, so you don't think you would ever do a dating show again?
1: I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm turning thirty three tomorrow, so no, I hope not. Like that would be fucking embarrassing. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. um, not to. I don't know if anyone wants a data washed up reality star on reality TV. I think I think there's more prime pickings for that at this point. So no. Um, also, like this whole X on the beach scenario, like it makes you feel a certain type of way when like you're not getting any love from people, you know. And like I was there, I what thought you- the I thought the cast was weak as fuck, you know. And like. Uh, listen, when I'm doing a reality show, I'm doing a reality show because of the bigger picture, right? You want to put on a great fucking reality show. That's why they always cast me, because they know I'm going to stir the pot and I'm going to do shit, because what else is there to do? Like, this isn't a lovey-dovey fucking situation. And that's why I had such a problem with the twins, because, like, I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, like, I can't be the only one carrying the show, and clearly I couldn't, you know, because, like, it wasn't, like, a a very well-recepted, season of the show but had like I think that had you had you know my storylines and with like the Devin but then you had other you know cast members that had other you know spice going on it would have been a whole different situation but it just goes to show how like these casting decisions can really make or break a show
0: yeah for sure a fan wanted to know what was your thoughts on Aubrey O'Day kind of being fake
1: I was so I I was so starstruck when I saw Aubrey, and honestly, my time you know at the house, I really I came to love her. I thought she was really great. Um, you know, afterwards, I had a I had kind of beef with her because again, she was like all up on the twins, even though she was saying all this different shit. But I mean, at the end of the day, like again, like I, I I'm really trying to get to a place in my life where I don't judge people on those actions, just because like there's just there's so much bigger shit out there. I, I truly believe that she's a good person. I actually like. I almost wanted to reach out to her one day after I saw, like, all of the pictures and stuff that came out about her recently. Because, like, yeah. man, like, people are fucking brutal. And, like, it's just, it's so unfair. So, I think she's a good person. Do I care if she's friends with the twins? No. Do I think they're corny? hundred percent. But, like, what do you, like, who am I to judge, right? So, whatever.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to uh, put that. So, I think the question on a lot of people's minds that are going to be watching this, they're obviously going to be curious, you know, When were you last called? Like, when could we have seen you? I'll start by asking, when was maybe the last time you were called for the main show? Was Final Reckoning it? I'd assume you'd have to at least get a few calls for the main show.
1: Uh, I don't remember exactly. I may have gotten an availability call that following season for War of the Worlds 1. But I know for, like, the last, like, one or two after that, I didn't get any call at all. Which, for me, I was like, am I, like, am I blacklisted? Like, I kind of felt, like, hurt. By MTV because I was like I did so much shit like I just put my like my full ass on like on fucking blast on this stupid ex on the beach thing like I at least deserve a fucking call back you know what I'm saying <laughs> like um so no but I I was recently called for all-stars which was sort of weird because I think that you know in the grand scheme of thing I don't necessarily fall into that category you know maybe one day you know down the line but I think that there's just a lot of older people um that people would want to you know see back and also consider all stars um, but yeah I mean I was set to go and then they <laughs> well here I go I'm talking too much again um, I got dropped because of my uh, background check, um which by the way like i i I am someone like I was grown up with morals you know I come from a good family i don't I don't say stupid shit i don't I don't hate on people you know I'm not a bigot I'm not like against homosexuals I never say anything like you know uh, anything derogatory like that's it's not who I am it's not who I was brought up to be so when I found that out I was like what the fuck I'm like what the hell do they have on me you know so when I I actually like I like forced them because when you get these background checks they have to send them to you if you request them so I got it sent to me and like I mean listen (laughs) about a year ago it was actually about two weeks to the date that I ended up in the hospital I basically told MTV to go fuck themselves yeah yeah but at the same time I was losing my fucking mind You know, like, if you want to get, like, another chance, like, I feel like that's, you know, like, something that, like, can be overcome. Like, I would have happily went on TV and, like, made a joke about it. You know, like, you know, they weren't giving me PTSD and depression. It was my fucking (laughs) hyperthyroidism, you know. But then, like, the other stuff was really, it was, like, um, I had, like, a backless shirt on and it said, like, you know, um, the CDC said masks and bras are optional. By the way, this is after the CDC said that, like, masks are optional. So it was like, you know, we, we're living in a different age right now where I can understand where I wouldn't be the most appealing person to bring on when you have a very sensitive um, audience, mm-hmm. you know, and they also know that, like, listen, I'm, I shouldn't have posted that. I shouldn't even be talking to you about, like, this whole, like, background check thing. But it, it's it's who I am and, like... You know, I I was super excited to go on there because I felt like I had a story to tell. And I I still do because, like, there's something, there's a part of me that after giving so many years to the show and also, like, you know, the mental stuff that you give and, like, a a part of me has been given to MTV, you know, where, like, I, I feel like I deserve another chance, whether it be with, you know, The Challenge or whatever else it might be. No dating shows, you know. But to go on and like prove to people that I'm not this like psycho that like the last show I was, you know, sought to be at, like, there's so many times where I think about like X on the beach and how like, if I was in the my, you know, the right mindset that I am right now, like how I would have reacted and handled myself differently, you know? And I, and I believe in my heart that I deserve that opportunity and who knows if it will come, if it will ever come because timing means everything, right? Like, that's why a lot of people were like, oh, why can't they get like this person and this person? There's so many different things that play into someone accepting their challenge call, you know. So, for me, with the challenge all stars, I was super excited because it was uh, at the time in my life where I can do so because you know, I have a 1099 job where like I basically work for myself. So, if I wanted to go and you know, film a show right now, I could, but yeah. I don't necessarily know what that's going to look like in the future for me. So,
0: wow. So you were, like, slated to be on it then, and then... Oh, yeah,
1: I was about about a week out from... I was getting a facial, actually, when they called me. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, I don't get dropped. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, I was so excited. Like, you know, I heard rumors that, like, Katie Cooley was going and stuff like that, and I was, like, so excited to meet her. I was was just so pumped, like, because I always felt like I was, like, in the wrong generation of, you know, challengers. So to go out there and do something like that, like I was super pumped about, like I was kind of like a kid in candy shop, but unfortunately that didn't work out. I don't know when my next show is going to be, if it will ever be again, but I'm happy to, you know, have this conversation with you because that was something that I wanted to get across to people about like, you know, how I was sick and that like, you can't, you can't ever judge these people. Like you don't know what they're going. I didn't even know what I was going through. So that's why I'm kind of like, you know, tipping being very careful about what I say about like any questions that you're asking me because you, you never know what what's going on with people so
0: for sure well uh, I appreciate you taking the time and hopping on here today I had a blast speaking with you I'm glad we were uh, finally. finally Yeah, finally able to make this thing happen yeah. we're <laughs> gonna have to hang out at
1: the Jersey Shore sometime
0: <laughs> uh, yeah let me know I mean you know I was uh, I was down you're in only that- a
1: bridge away yeah,
0: I was in L- LBI this past weekend. Maybe not the best experience, but, you know. <laughs> you
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy that I uh, I got to finally jump on with you.
0: Yeah, no problem. All right, take care. All right, later. See ya.